Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Welcome everyone in between. Very good. Praise the Lord. Good to see everybody. Okay, so Genesis 37, let's start with prayer. Father, we come to you acknowledging the book that we have in front of us is fact. It's truth. Your word is truth. And so, Lord, we pray, give us a love of the truth. Help us to receive the love of the truth that we might learn about the one who is the truth, the Lord Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Okay, Genesis 37, beginning of verse one. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob, Joseph, Being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah, with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheep arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheep stood round about and made obeisance to my sheep. His brethren said to him, Shalt thou, thou indeed reign over us? Shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream that told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father, to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother, thy brethren indeed, come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. And his brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And, and uh, Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem, but come, and I'll send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see there whether it be well with thy brethren, well with thy flocks, with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. Now, last week was very interesting for me because I had the pleasure to host a speak at a Scanabody's nephrology conference, that's kidneys, 
kidney function in Takati. And it was really great for me because I was able to give a Lifetime Achievement Award to what is arguably, arguably the world's most accomplished and prominent nephrologist, Dr. Eduardo Sladopolsky. He's 81 years old, has about 800 publications in the field of nephrology. That's enormous. And when I gave the award to him, I told everyone that I've known Dr. Sladopolsky for over 17 years. I've known him and seen him as a compassionate physician, as a scientist, as a collaborator, as a co-author, and best of all, I told him I've known him as a friend. We worked together for a long time. We laughed together because he's Jewish and he laughs at Jewish jokes, which for me is important. (laughs) This man is innovative with all his accomplishments, yet he always speaks very highly of others. It's amazing. I told everyone that he does so well in the field that he goes into that I said if he went into music, he would be a Yasha Heifetz or, or a Yitzhak Perlman. But because he went into nephrology, it has benefited nephrology patients from his work. I told every, everyone, if there was one word that I would use to describe Dr. Slatopolsky, it is the word, he is a special person. It's the word special, special person. That's the word to describe Joseph. Joseph was a very special person. And that's what God is doing in the Bible. He's emphasizing to us. He's showing us how special Joseph was. The treasure that comes from the study of Joseph only comes as we see beyond Joseph. I mean, the treasure only comes as we see Joseph as a type. You know the Bible's full of types? The Bible is full of types. You call them types, you call them symbols, you call them representatives. And if we miss to see beyond the immediate to, and fail to see the types, then we miss the greatest treasure in the Bible. The greatest treasure the Bible has to offer us is these types. Joseph was special in many ways, but the greatest value of studying Joseph is to see how Joseph is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, through the study of Joseph, we learn about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we've seen how Joseph was special. He was special, and he was a type of the Lord Jesus Christ because he was, now get this, hated. He was hated. (laughs) That made him special. That sounds so strange. How strange it is to characterize a life that he was special because he was hated. But that was true of Joseph. Joseph was singularly hated by his brothers, We see this so clearly. Just read this in verse 4. They hated him. In verse 5, they hated him yet the more. Verse 8, they hated him yet the more. Verse 11, his brethren brethren envied him. Joseph is hated so much by his brothers that he could actually have the title of the hated one. That fits. That fits for Joseph. Imagine, Imagine being characterized as the hated one. You know, he could put wear a, a, a sign across his chest and say, I am the hated one. <laughs> he was one of the brothers, but he was hated by the brothers. Not just disliked, not just, you know, well, we don't prefer him. He was actually hated. That's amazing that Joseph should be so hated. And it's amazing. And how amazing is that? The fact that Joseph is the hated one, that that makes Joseph a type 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ was the hated one. The Lord Jesus Christ was hated. He spoke about how he was hated. In John 15, 8, he said, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. I mean, just think about that. He didn't say, well, you know, the world just didn't prefer me. Well, you know, I wasn't the world's cup of tea. You know, I wasn't exactly the Messiah that the people were looking for. No, he said he said he was hated. And being the loving, sensitive person that he was, it bothered him. And he spoke about how it bothered him. Well, and then he was hated. He spoke about how it bothered him because there was no reason for him to be hated. He said that in John 15, 25. This cometh the paths that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. As a matter of fact, in Scripture, that goes back to Psalm 35, 19, where it says, the, the, the eye that hates me without a cause. Now, that's a prophecy that it might be fulfilled that was spoken. That's a prophecy. God as the Redeemer, he, he, he was hated. I mean, we can say that if you want to look for the Messiah before he came, you look for the one who's hated. And that was the prediction in the greatest prophetic description of who the Messiah would be is hands down Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. In Isaiah 53, God gave one indication after another how you can know that the, this is the Messiah for the Jewish people. And one of the ways that the Jewish people could recognize the Messiah was given in Isaiah 53.3, where it says, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our face from him. He is despised, we esteemed him not. Have you ever thought of how that description in Isaiah 53.3 describes a hated one? Isaiah 53.3 is actually saying, you want to find the Messiah? Look for the hated one. And Joseph was special because he was hated. And as strange as it may seem, that made Joseph a type of the Lord Jesus Christ because they were both special because they were hated. Then Joseph was special because he was the target of a special envy from his brothers. His brothers saw how much the, the, the father Jacob loved Joseph more than them. That caused them to envy him. That was the envy that drove Joseph's brothers to want to kill him. And that made Joseph a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone saw how the Lord Jesus Christ was loved by God, how he was special. And he had all this power. The Lord Jesus Christ had all this power to do what no one else could do. No one else could heal the lame. No one else could give sight to the blind. No one else could open the ears of the deaf. No one else could heal leprosy. No one else could, certainly no one else could raise the dead, but he did. And no one else could do that. And so therefore, the Lord Jesus Christ was the target of a special envy. And it was that envy that drove and fueled the drive to see him be killed. And Pilate knew it. Pilate knew it. He knew why they had delivered him to be put to death to him. And he said, it says in Mark 15, 10, for he, for Pilate, for he knew that the chief priests had delivered him for envy. Joseph was not only special because he was hated, because he was a target of envy. Joseph was special because he was specially loved by his father. He was the object 
of this special love from the Father. You know, that was the message of the coat of the many colors. When they saw it, they said, oh, boy, (laughs) none of us have a coat like that. None of the other brothers had a coat like that because none of the other brothers was specially loved by Jacob like Joseph was loved by his father. Joseph was special because of the special love that his father had for him, and that made Joseph a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. No one else ever heard a voice, ever had a voice come out of the cloud like the voice in John, in Luke 9.35, Luke 9.35, and there came a voice out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. That voice from God the Father carried the same message as the coat of many colors. And on that Mount of Transfiguration, when Peter saw the Lord Jesus talking with Moses and Elijah, Peter thought, wow, this is great. You know, what a star-studded lineup we've got here. You know, Here's Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. Let's make three monuments, one for Joseph, one for Moses, one for Elijah, it was just like Peter was saying, you know, wow, we should put three stars on the avenue of the stars here. One in the ground for Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And God the Father could not have been more displeased with what Peter said. And that was reflected in Mark 9.4, Mark 9.4. There appeared unto him Elias with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let's make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, one for Elias. And he wist not what to say, for they were sore afraid. And there was a cloud that overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. And suddenly they had looked around about, and they saw no man anymore save Jesus, only with themselves. See, Peter's proposal, God the Father responds with a cloud, covers all three, a voice comes out, this is my beloved son, hear him. Clouds removed, only Jesus is standing there. That proposal to put Jesus on the same level as Moses and Elijah was not received by God very well (laughs) because the Lord was was special. He's specially loved by God the Father. Joseph was always conscious of his father and his father's love, even when he was away from his father, Jacob. And the Lord Jesus was always conscious of the father. And so the Lord Jesus has made it so that we should always have the presence of God in the person of the Holy Spirit. That's why he said in John 14, 16, John 14, 16, I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter that he will abide with you forever. What a wonderful promise is that, that the Lord Jesus prays to the Father and that we should give, give us another comforter, the Holy Spirit, who's the, and he's gonna be with us forever? You know, not just for here on earth, but forever, not just for our time on earth, but forever, 10,000 years from now, we'll still have the Holy Spirit with us. What a wonderful gift is that? We should never be anxious. That's the reason we should never be anxious, because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. We can't see him, but he's there. Now, again, it reminds me of the nephrology conference on Friday where we had a lunch, and uh, there was 600 doctors, nurses. It was a big conference there down there. And, I, and whenever these kind of things happen, you know, I'm sitting there front and, the, and I start to get a lot of questions in my mind and the questions start to drive me crazy. I mean, I don't know what it is. I guess it's just, it's the ADD. But anyway, <laughs> I start up in my mind. I can't help it. You know, the lights are too bright. Can the lights be adjusted, you know, down? The, the lights are not bright enough. Can the lights be adjusted up? You know, the audio's too loud. 
Can it be turned down? The audio's too soft. Can it be turned up, you know? It's too hot in the auditorium. Can the temperature be turned down, you know? It's too cold. Can the temperature be turned up? Well, who's speaking after the speaker? This is what goes on in my, with me. And Dr. Sladopolsky, he might fall going up the steps to the podium. Who's going to help him up the steps? You know, how long is the break going to be? You know, can I get some more coffee, you know? <laughs> the coffee's making me nervous. Can I get some water? You know, who's going to translate for me? When do I go up to speak? When is lunch going to be served? I go through all these things. When is the conference over? Can I get a program to see what's going to come next? And, it's, and I become very agitated, you know, and I'm looking around as to who I can ask all these questions, and I, I just can't sit still. It's the problem. I start shifting in my chair, making everybody else very uncomfortable at the table. And, well, they know this about me, <laughs> that I become agitated with all these questions. So I didn't know this, but Diana had her assistant named Esther, and she was sitting in the table right behind me, I couldn't see Esther because my back was, was towards her. And Deanna told Esther, watch Mr. Cantor, you know, <laughs> because Deanna knows that I become fidgety and anxious with all these things. And so I couldn't see Esther, but Esther was watching me become anxious and looking around. And so she got up, you picture this, and she came right up behind me during the program. I didn't even see her, but she says the words, if you need anything, I'm here. <laughs> she says, you know, and then I, oh, I relaxed, I, you know, and so I told her one question after another, and I thought, but I was thinking about what she said. If you need anything, I'm here. And I thought to myself, you know, I couldn't see her, but from behind she comes up, she says, if you need anything, I'm here. And I thought, that's exactly what God does. It's exactly what God says to each one of us. If you need anything, I'm here. And so what do we have to do? We have to ask. You know, we have to bring our questions to God. Okay, now, Joseph also had a special loyalty to his father. Joseph's first loyalty was to his father, even if it meant being hated by his brothers for telling the father about the evil that they were up to. And that made Joseph a type of the Lord Jesus Christ because his first loyalty was to God the Father. He said that in John 8, 29, John 8, 29, 8, 29 for I do always those things that please him. It was very simple for the Lord Jesus. He had one question. Well, this please God the Father, then that's what I'm gonna do. If that meant, even if that means offending others, which is exactly what happened in Matthew 15, 6, Matthew 15, 6, he said, thus have you made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition, you hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you saying this people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, but honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said unto them, hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth. That's, this defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, knowest thou, knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after heard this saying, you know, the disciples came to the Lord like they were his advisors, you know, you know like they were, you know, the speech writers or something. And they said, whoa, you know, you went off the script, you know. <laughs> the disciples came to the Lord. They were like they were his friends, letting him know, you know, you made a great error. You know, they were like, you know, oh, I got to tip you off here. You, you just offended the Pharisees. The Lord didn't care. 
because he had one special loyalty to God the Father. And that is why both John and I at work have on our desk this little small plaque right under the computer monitor with five words, the Lord Jesus Christ first. That's the principle we want for our decisions to be guided by. And Joseph had that special loyalty, his father first. Joseph was also special because he was specially chosen among all the sons. You know, none of the other sons, none of the other brothers were chosen, but Joseph was chosen. And only the Lord Jesus was chosen to be God's special servant, to be God's way, to be God's truth, to be God's life, to be God's only rescuer, to bring people to God the Father. He said that in John 14, 6. He said unto them, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And God the Father said, I chose him in Matthew 12, 18. Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him. He shall show judgment to the Gentiles. And all the people knew that he was God's choice. They used to, that's what they used to mock him when he was on the cross. Those very words in Luke 12, Luke 23, 35, Luke 23, 35. The people stood beholding and the rulers also with him derided him saying, he saved others, let him save himself. If he be Christ, the chosen of God, it was a mockery. Joseph was, was also a special because Joseph had a special knowledge. He had a special knowledge, and with this special knowledge, he was able to reveal what was hidden. That, this is so important about Joseph. God only gave those dreams to Joseph, and the truth of those dreams were hidden from the rest. But Joseph revealed them. He revealed his dreams to them. So there's two words I want you to always remember about Joseph. They are the words hidden and opened. Hidden and opened. Through Joseph, the hidden was opened. Through Joseph, the hidden was opened to his family when he told those dreams about the, his upcoming dominion. Through Joseph, the hidden was opened to the baker about his dreams in prison that he was going to die. Through Joseph, the hidden was opened to the butler about his dream that he, in prison that he was going to live. And through Joseph, the hidden was opened to Pharaoh about his dreams about the coming plenty and famine. This is the truth, the hidden and open, that Joseph, that, that through Joseph, that he opened the hidden, and it was captured by who? Pharaoh, of all people. It says in Genesis 41, 45, Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnath-Paneah, okay? And then he gave him, okay. See, that's an interesting name, Zafnath Paneah. That's, that's Egyptian, by the way. That's Egyptian. That's not Hebrew. It really, it's pronounced Sofnah, Sofnah Paneah. It's really two Egyptian words. An Egyptian person helped with understanding this. And it's two Egyptian words, similar to Hebrew, but it's, it's Egyptian. Sofnath is Egyptian, and it means hidden. It means hidden. Now, there's a Hebrew word that's very close to it, safon, safon, which means north, uh, but it really means hidden because you never see the sun in the north, it's hidden. So the sun is always hidden in the north. Okay, so sofnat is Egyptian, it means hidden, like safon, and panea is Egyptian, and it means opened, 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 which is very similar to, to, to Hebrew with just poteach, poteach, it means opened. 
another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E. Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live, located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back. So join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship.